All right, it's 3.30, so you know what that means. I'm gonna eat some food, like I've done before on this uh, channel or podcast or whatever you wanna call it. Wow, okay, <clears throat> I'm already kinda, uh, the pace already, okay. So I wanted to come on here and talk about a bunch of things. I don't know what I'm going to talk about first, or if any of it's going to make sense, or if it'll end up looping around and make sense at the end. First thing I want to talk about, this is kind of going to be a little bit like a forecast. First things first, actually, should give some context or some background. I got a quote-unquote download or an intuitive knowing that one of the themes in terms of kind of like the conflict we're going to be seeing in the next few months is really going to be based around distraction and how distraction can be destructive and not in the good way destructive you know like how destructive can be good if it's the falling away of things in your life that no longer serve you, that, you know, were built on shaky foundation, need to go, need to make room for the new. That's good destruction. I'm talking about the bad destruction. Um, so yeah, that was a download I got alongside um, Halloween comes early this year. And <laughs> I was talking to my therapist um, about this who honestly, I'm gonna like, I, I'm I'm probably gonna keep referring to her as a therapist because I feel like that word's been bastardized, um, and I want to take it back. I want to take it back because I think in the future, actually, well now and moving forward, therapy needs to be seen as this inclusive, kind of holistic process of basically facilitating someone else in they're they're healing themselves so it's not the therapist fixes things fixes you it's not the therapist is diagnosing and that that's something i'm going to talk on about diagnosing and stuff in the in a little bit but um yeah they're they're going to be more facilitators they're going to just be people who hold space um and provide support while you figure out how to to find your way home you know um basically people who are maybe more better versed or or more well studied um someone who's scrutinized a little bit more the awakening process so that they can better help someone else understand what they're going through which by the way i am hoping I can become a facilitator um, or start being that for people um, without what used to be a major um, block for me would be, who am I to do that? Um, what are my credentials? Shouldn't I have to go and, um, you know, go to school and spend this, this a bunch of money and get myself into even greater debt um, in order to do that, well, I think I'm a human and I have a very human experience. I can't imagine 
as long as I'm trying my best not to inject myself too much into it, not to um, be too biased or preachy, why can't I help and support others while they go through their awakening? Um, so yeah, anyways, that was a tangent, but there we go. Um, that's something I'm looking to start soon, although I'm not sure how, because for me, I don't necessarily want to do like tarot readings for people. I'd rather act like a therapist where they can come to me and say like, I'm going through this and I've had this thought and, you know, I had this dream and just all of these things. I'm really good at being able to see all of the elements and extract or like interpret like another thing I've thought about is maybe I'm like a spiritual interpreter people always have told me I'm very insightful but what I feel like is I hear what they're saying I can see where they're getting caught up um being too literal about things and I can see like oh okay that's probably a metaphor and then I can start asking them questions about their process about how they feel about this what do they what do you think about this perspective on it and it can help them kind of unlock and tap into their understanding of what's potentially going on and where it could potentially lead you know how could this what might look like not a great thing actually be a really good thing to really support them and bolster them to be like you know what I think you're doing awesome um you know we're all doing awesome um at our own pace, even when it feels like we're just absolutely flailing. Um, we're, we're really doing good. And I feel like regardless of the ups and downs we face in the coming years, we are heading in the right direction. Um, and that, you know, things are going to change over time. We will eventually, collectively, we might get to a place and decide, okay, this isn't quite right. And then we'll, we'll, you know, we'll modify it. Right. So anyways, kind of gone off on a tangent there. Whole point is I want to reclaim the word therapy therapist so that it doesn't sound so clinical and we don't think of it as someone we go to, to fix our issues. It's someone we go to who supports our process essentially. Um, and those people are angels <laughs> and we should be very grateful for okay maybe I shouldn't say that considering I was talking about wanting to become a facilitator I don't think of myself as an angel although I can understand how someone might feel that way if I help them decode a little bit what they're going through as that is what my therapist has done for me many times over over the last two years um which I believe was kind of my reawakening process um, and of course that process is ongoing. Anyways, what was I even saying that my, I was saying to my therapist? Oh yes, the Halloween is coming early, but, and at first I felt like, woo, that's chilling in a way because it felt a little bit like, um, the, the quote unquote ghouls are going to come out and try to, to, um, perpetuate the chaos distraction right um so that went really really well um with the message about distraction destruction and how um as much as it has felt at times like even I had a moment there where I was like am I spiritual spiritually bypassing um because it felt wrong in my body to be staying in that that space 
of being really, really outraged by the things that we have um, seen. Oh, <laughs> if you hear a sound like a that's my cat, Luna. <laughs> Named after the moon goddess, by the way. Not, um, it's not a Sailor Moon reference, even though apparently I really enjoyed that show when I was little. But can I remember it? No, I can't remember it at all. I mean, but to those people who love it and remember it and it's their nostalgia, good for you. Love it. Um, anyways, uh, where was I going? Destruction, distraction. Ghouls. Um, oh, right, yes. Yeah, so, like... It is not to say that fighting for equality, the what we often refer to now in the, I don't know, spiritual community, whatever you want to call it, as arsenal energy. Also, really, so, I'm sorry, I'm, my food that I'm eating is a little bit spicy, so my nose is running. So if you hear me sniffle a little bit and it's gross, I'm really sorry. Um, and also, if you hear me chewing, because I'm going to probably take some occasional breaks to have a bite to eat. It's probably a little bit gross to listen to, but anyways, God, this is so rambly and kind of all over the place, but it's good. It's good. Um, the arsenal energy, I think what we have to come to right now, I think it's, it's going to be a process for arsenals themselves where they may need to take a break or a step back, at least energetically, to to nourish themselves, to make sure that they are taking care of themselves and they're not staying too long in energies that are really dense um, and heavy. There's something about, there's something to, I I don't know, did I say in the last episode about the, or maybe it was the one before, um, the like outpost analogy? Like you can take a break, someone else will take your place. so I hope the arsenals are taking care of themselves. There we go again with the sniffles. Anyways, but maybe moving forward, they might need to start looking at themselves and making sure they're not projecting too much of their own wound in there, getting a little too uh, um, ragey on people, um, Especially people who are close to them, who love them, who might be going through a completely different process, might be at a completely different point in their lives and are feeling really attacked by this person because they maybe aren't um, out there in the streets the same way um, that they are. And if they're getting a little too judgy of those people who aren't, that's going to, it almost feels a little bit like it's going to ricochet. And they don't deserve that because arsenals, you know, at the root of it all, um, care deeply, right? That's, that's why they're, they're kind of, that, well, that's why they have so much fire. So, um, where was I going with that? So, yeah, Halloween comes early. That's basically it. The arsenals especially are going to have to be very careful over the next few months. Well, that makes it sound like if you're not Things aren't going to go well. I I have no um, doubt that we're going to get through it and it's going to be fine. But just try not to get too sucked into the arguments, the endless, endless arguments, because there might be more trolls coming out of the woodwork. The the quote unquote negative energy, which I think I called them when I was talking to my therapist. I can share it because we both had a really good laugh at it. I was like, 
it's not meant to be scary. This this message that came through of Halloween comes early that originally was kind of chilling to me. I realized, oh, it's just like they're they're nothing. They're fucking mosquitoes on you. They're they're the bippity bap. <laughs> they're like little bippity bap minion ghouly bullshit. Like they they are laughing and they're like goblins, right? Um when I, I think it's like Lord of the, well, in Lord of the Rings, that's not a great example because some of those goblins are really fucking scary. But, you know, like, they're just, they're fucking just, ugh, they're just annoyances. We don't need to give them our power. And so that's, that was the main thing that came forward for me for like fall, winter, um, is mo- mostly fall, um, is that that's just going to be a, kind of a theme um, the little ghoulies, we have to just try our best not to give too much time to just because it's, it's, it's pointless. We're, we're winning, we're winning and we're going to win. Um, you know, so to speak. Um, okay. Where else was I going to go? So bippity bap, (laughs) bippity bap. Um, okay. Eat your food. Okay. Diagnosing. Moving forward. Couple other things. Shifting our focus from the stupid little arguments that before I, to wrap up that little segment, I do want to say like if it feels, if you feel like intuitively like no, this is important. I feel very much confident that I need to be talking about this right now. I need to address this. I need to call that person out. Then of course, like listen to your intuition, listen to your, your body, whatever, however it comes across for you. If it feels authentically like this is the right thing to do, then of course do it. So anyways, moving forward. (laughs) Uh, Do I want to talk about diagnosing or is there something else? um themes a big theme that has come up is joy um which i think kind of does go hand in hand with the diagnosing thing um in terms of changing our kind of way of viewing therapy uh something that has started to kind of peek through for me and it started with the most ridiculous thing okay um (laughs) provide more backstory um I've had some issues with my menstrual cycle for a very, very long time and with fatigue. So every once in a while, I go through these cycles where I get really like fed up and I'm like, no, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to try this thing, even though I've tried it before and it didn't work. I'm going to try it again. Maybe it'll work this time. Maybe it's a perspective thing. So I went to a gynecologist. We talked about things. I have been in the past diagnosed with something called PMDD or premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which I think I've probably talked about on here. But moving forward, I like honestly, I don't, I've noticed now I don't talk about it as much and I don't really want to. Kind of done with that. Um, and now, of course, now that I say that, it's going to come back around in a big way. But, anyways, and uh, at one point I was kind of like sort of diagnosed with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Anyways, um, so we talked about those things and for both oftentimes, as we all know at this point, doctors love to prescribe 
birth control to women to fix any issue, pretty much. So I was like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try the birth control that so far is the, excuse me, my God, try not to burp it like in your ear. Um, I'm going to try the birth control that is said to be or FDA approved or whatever it is, government mandated to be the only birth control specifically for PMDD or for treating PMDD. So I'm going to try it and it was Yaz. But I've never done well on birth control. The last time I had tried a birth control, it was the patch. And within uh, 24 hours, I was so, so sick. I, I felt so horrible that I had to take it off. Anyways. Um, so I try this birth control. I'll take it for a a week Uh, every day I'm kind of like checking in how do I feel how do I feel I'm okay okay started to decline after about four days and then by so I started it on a Sunday and by the following Sunday I'd woken up that morning with a really really massive headache and it just progressively got worse into a migraine throughout the day but I think one o'clock in the afternoon it was really really bad really painful um and just to um clear things up I don't know what I'm saying just to clarify there it is um in the past I've not had debilitating migraines you know everyone's had probably the odd migraine but not to the point where you like I I literally feel like I'm dying so so by one o'clock it's really bad and I'm like you know what I think it's I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a it's the birth control um I don't get migraines to this degree and here it is after a week of taking it. So you know what? I just won't take it today and I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to let that go. I'm just going to stop trying birth control as a way to control my issues. And as the day uh, progressed, it got so bad. And by two or three o'clock in the morning, Monday morning, I had to go to the hospital. Um, So I live with my parents right now. And yeah, so I had to wake them up. Like, you know, it's bad. Like I, I'm, how old am I? (laughs) I'm 31 years old. And the last thing you want to do is be knocking on your parents' door at two o'clock in the morning. Nothing can make you feel more like a child (laughs) than having to do that and be like, right. But I was in so much agony before I knocked on their door. I was walking around in the house in the complete dark. By the way, I'm usually terrified of the dark. Um, or at least not super comfortable with it. Anyways, I was like, and, and it, like, it caused my like whole neck and shoulders to seize up and become stiff to the point where it was like, it was like hurting me and, and like damaging my neck because it was seizing up so hard. And my, and of course my head, it was just, I was groaning like, a zombie and just gripping my head and walking around the house and I was in a state of absolute disarray go to the hospital in like a baggy t-shirt and no bra and sweatpants and I'm just like and I'm I feel like I'm fucking dying so yeah had to go to the hospital because of a migraine that's a huge (laughs) that's quite um a lot of backstory there 
And I, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to have to stop this recording and listen back because I can't even remember what the point was. Um, what was I going to say? Joy. Ah, yes, there it is. Okay, so it actually took me an entire week to recover. I had the strangest goddamn symptoms after this experience, okay? So I go to the hospital because this is migraine. They put some meds in me. I'm probably detoxing or whatever you want to call it, withdrawing from the hormones for the next week. And I'm like battling in and out with headaches, bordering on migraine. I'm terrified of getting another migraine that as bad as that one that I had because how my shoulders were just up to my fucking ears and my neck was so stiff like that it it was like I could feel it causing damage like I was afraid it was gonna fucking snap my own neck <laughs> because it was so stiff it's the weirdest it was the weirdest thing so for the next week I'm like I can barely sleep because I have the, like the most intense dizziness or, or lightheadedness, I'm not sure which, or both. Um, anytime I'm about to drift off to sleep. Oh, by the way, this is just when COVID is starting. So I over the course of the week, I go to the hospital three, three times, or was it just two times, including the first time? But anyways, two more times, because I'm like, something's weird. Like, it was the weirdest thing. My digestion was crazy off, like, I could barely eat. I had major nausea, the dizziness anytime I tried to go to sleep. And then if I did manage to fall asleep, like maybe two hours later, I would wake up and I'd have like these heart palpitations um, or it felt like heart valve. And it, it felt like I was going to pass out. Like it, it was, it was insane. It was insane. Um, it wasn't until almost a week later where I could start to eat normally. Um, so yeah, like weird, right? For like migraines, I, I don't I don't know. I don't have experience with it. Maybe maybe that is normal for after a major migraine like that. But for a week it was like the strangest symptoms, strangest combination of symptoms. Um yeah, it was really scary. Um and starting to eat food again, it had to be so, so, so bland. Um in I think it was like applesauce and digestives and very very little of it so I was going on hardly any sleep and basically no food for almost a week and it was scary I was like how am I maintaining uh okay so yeah I went back into that joy okay here we go so one of the only things so basically I'm just I'm just trying to get through minute by minute and I just need something to focus on because I'm terrified it feels like I'm dying when I wake up it feels like I'm dying when I'm falling asleep and now I'm realizing and you probably anyone who's listening to this who who's deeply entrenched in the awakening process and all the things that are going on the the recent like talk like how talks about Atlantis and ancient history, um, galactic history is, is kind of now becoming more, um, on the forefront. You're probably thinking, well, wow, that was how hugely symbolic, right? Yeah. Um, it didn't, 
the thing is, in recovering from it, I didn't feel like, wow, I, I just overcame death. Or it's not like I felt afterwards, and maybe it's because it's not until just now, <laughs> as I'm talking to you guys about this, uh, you know, the two of you who are listening, um, majority of which are friends who may or may not at all resonate with this, probably don't. Um, I think most of the people in my life right now would not be into this um, or would in terms of it sounding entertaining to them, but it it's probably sounds like a bunch of hooey, uh, which is fine. But anyways, okay, so let's talk about that then. First, I'll say what I was going to say in regards to joy. What I discovered during this time was a channel and it's this lovely British man who, when you first see him, you're like, that is the biggest fucking dork I have ever seen. <laughs> and not in like a, oh, fuck that guy sort of way, but like, you're like, this guy's kind of corn. Like, this guy is a cheese ball. But then when you watch and you see, he's just, he's actually really talented at what he does. So it's, he goes around the world, um, hence the title, Theme Park Worldwide of his YouTube channel, and he just reviews parks. He goes, the parks that allow you to do, like, on-ride um, filming, he has, like, a chest-mounted GoPro. Oh, my God. And I, I grew up a half an hour away from the, I think it's, like, really the only decent-sized theme park in Canada, which is Wonderland. Um, and so I grew up going there most summers at least once. And... My dad and I especially really love them. My mom, not so much. Um, and so it's just really great memories. And at first I was like, wow, this is so frivolous. I can't even imagine. Um, I, I didn't even know. How, who would have thought? Like, I had no clue that there are people who had whole YouTube channels dedicated to doing reviews. And you're thinking, how is that even sustainable? This guy puts out videos all the time. He's going around to, like, he, like even on the like, off season, he goes around to smaller, um, almost like, you know, like the seaside boardwalk type ones where it's a lot of mobile rides, which don't crazy appeal to me, but he makes it all seem really fun. And somehow he's really detailed about it. And you're like, why would you even care about being so detailed about like, what are the, what's the food like at the theme park? Like, he's just, anyways, he's, and he's, he's so, um, he has so much energy and passion and enthusiasm for theme parks and roller coasters. And so that was, and I, I'll tie back into that later in terms of talking about joy and its importance. Um, but yeah, Okay. Where was I going with that? Or what What do I want to talk about next? Right, so, okay, did that. Death. So, yeah, talk. let's just talk about that real quick. Obviously, there's a big death theme going on, right? And there has been for me for the last couple years, ever since I started awakening, right? Lots of shedding skin right shedding layers um shedding old versions of myself but yeah 
I guess I just wanted to talk on how when I came out of that, I didn't feel like it was profound. Um, and like, I was glad it was behind me, but it was like, it was so intensely like survival based in the moment that when I came out of it, it was like, I was just, it took so long to recover. It's just, I don't know how to explain it. It just didn't feel profound right afterwards. Again, I talked to my therapist about it and I was like, it just, I don't really know. It, it just, it was just something that happened. Usually I can kind of see, well, maybe not, maybe, maybe it did just need to take a while to kind of stew and become more, it was like a very physical embodiment reflection, I don't know, um, statement of some sort regarding the big lesson I've been learning over the last couple of years of letting go. And to me, death, my main fear around death, um, outside of like the metaphorical idea of it, because that I was able to get on board with fairly quickly of like, oh, yeah, old versions of myself dying, whatever, that's cool, great. Metamorphosis, transformation. Um, but actual death, um, in the, I'm going to say about the three years leading up to my awakening, which was also partially triggered by a major breakup and a move. Anyways, I experienced a lot of loss. Um, and some of it was really devastating and traumatic. Like the last loss before the loss of my relationship was a cat that we had had, um, And the way he died, um, like the way he was sick before he died was really, really sad. He couldn't breathe. His lungs were filling with water. Um, and it was really painful to have to make the decision to, um, let him go and all of that. And then the previous to that was my grandmother. And the previous to that was my grandfather. So my grandmother and my grandfather, See, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Like, I know that they're here or there or wherever they are. Like, it's not that they have ceased to exist. It's just, um, you know, who they were in that lifetime that I've known them. In this lifetime, just, (laughs) they were great. Really great part of my life, so... Okay, we don't need to be emotional. Uh, Point being is I lost them. Um, It was one year after the other. So my grandfather passed first. And then a year, I think it was a year and a week later, exactly, my grandmother passed. Um, And I wasn't there for my grandfather's death. And I wasn't there for my my grandmother's death. But I did visit her in hospice, which was the closest I'd ever gotten to being there and facing head on the ending of someone's life who was really dear to me um and seeing you know her 
decline. So, so yeah, I experienced a lot of loss and my biggest fear in regard to death is just that it's, it's that, that missing that person. It's just that missing that their physicality in my life, which translated to my fear of loss in relationships. Like I, I would always fight an ending even like obviously not obviously you don't know but like with my last relationship it was really fully coming to the realization that I've stayed in this way longer than I should have um you know and in doing so what basically happened was um at first they did some things that betrayed my trust or that I perceived betrayed my trust made me feel like I don't I can't trust them anymore um and then I stayed and I stayed but I didn't let go I didn't forgive them for what they did so then I in turn hurt them um not by doing the same things but by just you know not forgiving them and holding them to um to that past version of themselves so I did that for a very, very long time. So finally admitted to myself, been here way too long. So long that I've hurt them just as much, if not more now. And now we're both fucked up and we need to heal from this. Of course, I didn't think about it necessarily as consciously like that and as coherently, but that's basically what was happening. Um, so that happened and then my awakening and then the two years following was just me being like, I want to stay as conscious of that pattern as I can and really notice when it tries to start coming back up again. So I've had some some experiences since then of connecting with people and, you know, getting, becoming interested in men and sort of dating and just trying my best to observe the process and being like, okay, I see where I'm starting to do that thing again. And I can see where I've picked this person who fits the profile of the person, the kind of people I would typically pick. So, and then having to be like, I need to let this go before it becomes something that was unnecessary. You know, it's a, it's a lesson I've learned. It's a pattern I am aware of to the point now where I, I really want to break that pattern. So it would defeat the purpose, right? To just jump right into another relationship, fall asleep, and just be in that. And and feel hurt all the time and hurt them. And just, ugh, I just, I don't want that anymore. So I had an experience of being dumped and dealt with it so well. I mean, it still hurt, but I realized I was, it, even like two or three dates ago, I should have clued into the fact that this doesn't feel good. Like the way my body reacts being around this person, it's too charged. It's too charged. Um, so like lots, lots of lessons around letting go when you realize this thing is not what I need right now. Um, so yeah, like just moving into being more conscious of the things I do, why I'm doing them, stuff like that. And it, in turn, 
learning how to let go without flailing and be like, oh, I can't let go. I don't want to let go. I don't want to lose this thing. And, and then when it happens, being so devastated that I'm just rocked for months or a year or whatever, just like unable to function. Um, so maybe in, in returning to my story about the migraine and the headache and the, the hospital and feeling like I was going to die for like a week, um, maybe that was like the physical representation of you've done it. You, 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 you've, you've overcome some of your fear around loss. So anyways, that's just, and who knows, it could have had something to do with karma between me and my parents. Maybe we all needed to go through that experience. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's, it's a, a lot of it was for them as well, where they were reminded of their own mortality and maybe that will trigger something for them. And in the next year or two, they will pursue things that they otherwise wouldn't have because they feel more like, you know, the time is now. Why not? Um, that would be awesome. I would love that for them. Um, so anyways, all of that said, theme park worldwide, joy, let's go. (laughs) Um, okay. So theme park worldwide, I, I discovered that channel. I still watch it now. And for a while I was like, why do I watch this? It's so frivolous. And why this when, you know, sometimes it can feel a little like trashy almost, right? Um, and, I, and I've started to recognize there's something in that. Kids don't think like that. Kids don't judge it. If it's fun, it's fun. And I think moving forward, you know, we've all been in a lot of us and we're at different stages or whatever but we've really been in this like hard work hard work um you know we have to stay in the shadow we have to face our shadow blah 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 healing healing um joy is a part of that and moving forward the this is the society we want to create that that's going to be more balanced and conscious right like it's not not necessarily that it's going to look crazy, crazy different. Hopefully we will see advances in technology that are way more, um, you know, compatible with the planet, um, a, a more harmony and balance between nature and technology. But, um, you know, the, the main thing that's going to change is that we're, we're all going to be more conscious in these processes so that we hopefully do not um, project our shadow onto everything, um, and then, and thus live in a shadow world that's actually, you know, it's not shadow at all, it's just, it's a projection and, and distortion, um, and that's going to be the main thing that changes, and, and there's going to be other things too, things that I don't even, like, I can't even perceive, like, I can't even think of, I, I, I'm sure will gain abilities that we haven't had before, um, it's almost like, it's almost like, and I think that's kind of what we've been talking about. And I say we as in like the spiritual community. Um, it's almost as if for a very long time, we just 
lived and died and lived and died. But if we can stay conscious and not forget, because basically when you die, you forget, right? Like we can kind of remember our past lives a little bit, but for the most part, you forget. You become a completely new person. You take, you pick a new body and live a whole new life. But if you could remember this stuff, these lessons, it's, it's like, it's no different than the experience I just had just explained of moving from having been a person in relationships that is very unconscious of, you know, why they do things and of how much they hold tight. Um, even when things are no longer serving, um, stuff like that. And then moving into approaching relationships from a more conscious space. If I had died just after I had broken up with that ex, I could very well have just repeated that pattern again in the next life. But if I don't die and instead surprisingly find myself living, you know, double the time I thought I was going to have, then I can keep that, hold that consciousness for longer. And who knows what happens then? We don't. We don't know, right? So, no, I'm getting so excited about things. That's just a thought. Just putting that out there. Knowing the woo community, like, that's not going to sound crazy at all. Like, they're just going to be like, fuck yeah, that's that's the shit. Um, and it, it is. It is the shit. Um, so joy. Joy is going to be a part of that world. Like, the whole point of becoming conscious is to realize, like, we created ourselves, like, from source, created ourselves, created the, the feminine and the masculine so that we could then create more things to experience ourselves. And that's, that's it. So why not, moving forward, create, just experience it, you know, if theme parks aren't your thing and you don't love roller coasters, that's fine. But if we can choose our reality, why not be like, yeah, this thing, it's pointless. It literally is pointless. What is the point of a theme park other than just sheer fun, frivolity? That's the, that's the beauty of it. You know, because... Yeah, there was times where I was like, ugh, this kind of trashy. Theme parks are stupid. And, you know, if you think about the old paradigm, and I'm sure if you were to do the research, talk to people about theme parks, and when you really look at theme parks, like big, big ones that are really well done, the amount of resources that go into that, you're thinking, oh my God, if you're someone who's really really of like the mindset that we are killing the planet then you would say, oh my God, what a resource drain. What a pointless resource drain. All the water that are in the water rides um, and all the electricity needed to pump that water and the electricity needed to keep those roller coasters going all the time. So what? Like we, we're incredible. Like existence is incredible. And if we can become more aware of ourselves and more aware of existence and maybe even other species like aliens 
who knows what we can create? Could we get to a place where we don't need to worry at all about the energy that we use? Probably, right? Like, we can get to a place, I'm sure, where we don't need to worry about pollution because we found a way to do things without causing pollution. You know? You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, I can't tell you the specifics of what that is. I am not a fucking engineer and I am not good at any of that stuff and science is just not my bag. Um, you know, can, can you be scientific, like super scientific and also super metaphorical? Probably, but that's not me. I'm very metaphorical. Um, you know, I'm very much about ideas and conceptualizing and stuff like that. So, um, wow, that is a lot. That is a lot. So that's a theme that's come out for me is joy. And, um, I think I said enough, like let that, you know, sit with that. If it feels stupid, then just ignore it. Um, another thing is we spent a hot minute there pathologizing everything, didn't we? Oh, you're experiencing this, this, and that. You probably have this, or maybe it's that. Or, oh, you know, you're, you're having a hard time going to work. You're sad all the time. You're doing this, you're doing that. It's probably depression. Or maybe it's because like your soul didn't want to be doing that thing anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like moving forward, we're going to start to perceive that process very differently and try to not pathologize so quickly and diagnose everything as this or that. And I'm not a medical professional, so I have no idea if that can apply to the physical body as well. But I think there's probably instances where it could um and of course <clears throat> part of why I feel like that is cuz um the things I've been diagnosed with are things that apparently we don't understand very well and there aren't and there's so much conflicting information out there on how to treat these things um so who knows it could be none of those things in an energy thing or a soul thing or a past life thing and I don't have a clue. But because we're diagnosing it and it has to be so definitive, um, it, in some ways it cages us in. So I think that's something that will really help us on our way to like freedom, so to speak, um, is to, to stop with the pathologizing and diagnosing. Um, I think it was really important for us to acknowledge that mental health is a thing and is important but then we started to get a way too bogged down in the thought that like oh it's this and that means my brain is this way which means my whole life I'm going to be depressed and need medication to fix that and for me and this is just my response to it, it's always felt wrong it always felt like I'm trying to medicate myself so that I can be normal and participate in a society that functions in a way that I don't agree with anyways. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to take meds just so I can show up to the assembly line. <sighs> Let that resonate. Do you hear that? <laughs> I mean, this has been, this is, this is just the way I am. Um, even as a kid, if I just, 
didn't like the way things were done, I fucking opted out. And I know that sounds, it sounds so arrogant. And trust me, and I'm sure moving forward, I'm still going to get bogged down with that. I, I definitely go through moments where I'm like, wow, I'm the worst person. And my problem is that I'm a narcissist and that I just don't care about anything. But that's very not true. Like, um, I'll use (laughs) a little example. Um, we have a sunroom on the back of the house here. Yes, I'm very lucky to live where I live. Um, and occasionally a bird will fly into the window. And I am so upset. You wouldn't even know. Like, I'm so upset. Um, like, I could cry. So, until I know that bird is okay. And I would, like, sit there. And, like, I've done it. I've sat there while a bird was on the deck. Clearly in shock. And, you know, processing that shock. You know, like, shivering. And I just sat there to make sure nothing would get it while it was on the ground. And until it flew away, I was like, this is the most important thing (laughs) at the moment. So I'm clearly not a fucking psychopath. But there are lots of times where I'm like, something's fucking wrong with me. Something's got to be wrong with me. Because I was like born to not give a fuck. And I did go through... Um, a period where I tried to, so I really tried to like become normal for like the majority of my twenties. And I think I really needed to do that to learn about a lot of things. But now I've come back around to how I was before I kind of went through what I consider like, I feel like my entire twenties was me traversing the landscape of my shadow Like, I was just like, you know what, let's just get this all done in one go. And let me just fucking deal with devastation and loss and me doing stupid shit over and over again, not learning. And let's just do that for my whole 20s. You know, I felt lost and and hopeless and despair. And I felt all these things. Um, But before that, you know, as a kid and a teenager up until I was about, I think 17, 18, things started to tip. And then by, by age 20 to 23, things really got into the dark depths of feeling nothing and awful and horrible. Um, and part of that was because I, I, I think I, I bought into this idea that the way I was, which was this very much like, if I don't like it, I leave like if I'm at a party and I don't fucking like it I just leave like I dropped out of high school not because and and this is not a judgment on those people who um as teenagers were really into drugs or partying but as a teenager I actually wasn't into that I preferred going into the woods getting (laughs) high on life listening to whatever music was lighting me up at the time and just like feeling the 
power within me. Like, I know that sounds, it's just, I sound so arrogant. And I definitely was arrogant then because there was a part of me that really didn't understand why others just couldn't do what I did. Like, how can you just not give a fuck? Like, I think I even went through like a little period where I felt like others were weak. So clearly there was shit I needed to learn, right? So I, I don't think I, you know, there was at all any mistake made with my going into my 20s and spending the majority of them just feeling like I was suffering the whole time and feeling like I was wrong or not getting it right you know like that's part of the human experience but previous to that um I I I wouldn't force myself to do things just because that's what society says is normal to do and I think a lot of us like I, that's why I call the last two years for me reawakening. Cause I almost feel like I was awake. I was awake, but not super conscious. And now I'm reawakening, but from a higher place of consciousness. That's what it feels like. So that I'm not like fucking like, I'm better than everyone. Look at these people struggling. Now I'm like, oh, okay, I see. So you're working through some stuff. You're getting to, you're finding your truth. You're going to get there. You're going to get to the place where you realize that there is no virtue in forcing yourself to do things that you don't want to do is what it kind of boils down to. Um, And I kind of recently just had this thought. And it's not really the first time I've had this thought. Just it's, it's really simple. It's boiled down to like you do good when you feel good and I mean that more so as in terms of like you do good for others when you feel good um and uh I'm doing this um it's it's considered a course but it's just someone channeling and um one of the things they brought up in the last like channeling session which is about an hour of their guides kind of just talking to us about things we're waking up to stuff like that and they you and they're they're really like cracking down like they're spanking us spanking the the people pleasers basically to be like that's not how you do that or like basically like you think that's helping but it's not you know you hurting yourself is actually hurting others or and, and this was the example they used it was so hilarious when they started to say when they were starting to talk about it, before they made their example, I got an image in my mind of someone slamming a plate of food down in front of someone. Like, here you fucking go. Like, you know, like they they didn't want to cook for this person. They're, you know, they... Anyways. And sure enough, the example they used was exactly that. It's the difference between you cooked because you love to cook. There isn't necessarily virtue in sacrificing yourself and being like, oh, I don't want to cook, but I love this person, so I'll cook for them. It's, we need to trust more that there's a person for everything. And we don't need to be forcing people into roles that don't feel good for them just because we think we need this kind of person. Like, we need doctors, we need lawyers, we need, you know, we need the person who scrubs the floors 
I feel like hopefully we're getting to a place where we can trust that there's always going to be someone who in that moment genuinely wants to do that thing. And that will allow for the energy to stay a lot more light and fluid. Um, so anyways, that was the analogy used was like, um, or example or whatever he used, um, was like food cooked by someone who really loves the process of cooking. And then of course, and in turn loves sharing that cooking with others. It's not necessarily that they like taking care of others, although that may be an element. It's that that activity brings them joy and all of that good energy goes into the food. And that person that you fed, um, you know, as a byproduct of you doing that is really greatly benefited from that versus you do it because you think you should. Uh, Now, I have no idea how you apply this to parenting, but I think, I think if there's any parents who do end up listening to this and they really struggle with guilt because they don't love doing those things, that's not the part of parenting they love. Like maybe they're the kind of parent who, um, is really there to hold space for their children's growth process. And they're the parent that the the kids go to to be like really honest about what they're going through or, you know, whatever. Um, it could even just be an energy. Um, if you're a parent who's really guilty because you don't love doing them, blah, the like repetitive daily things that involve rearing children, um... I don't think you need to be hard on yourself because I think if you choose not to do those things that you don't want to do, you are actually doing better for your child than the person that continuously forces themselves to show up in ways that do not feel right for them. And yes, it does present a dilemma for the single parent who doesn't like those things. So I'm, I'm, I think that's where community comes in. And I, that's so outside my experience that I can't speak to it, but I'm hoping that moving forward, we, we, um, approach rearing children differently so that either people who are in couples, um, can work out, you know, they have their own language with how they work out who does what that day in terms of taking care of the kids so that, the kid is not constantly surrounded and steeped in this energy of a parent who is constantly doing the most and hating it. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, that's not really something I wanted to talk about today, but um, that's a good point. Fo- that's a good point in like the quote unquote new world. I'm sure we will um, approach parenting very differently, so that not that kids won't still you know, encounter their own trauma and not that parents will be perfect and and everything's going to just go, you know, uh, swimmingly all the time. But hopefully we, we eliminate a little bit that so that kids are growing up more conscious because their parents are more conscious. You know, they're more emotionally mature, self-aware, and then hopefully the kids will be as well and and they're allowed more um space and and time to find themselves in whatever way that particular child 
feels drawn to, right? Um, I, I recorded something a really long time ago. I'll listen to it again, but I don't know if it's something I want to share because it's very vague. And I said, like, I, I feel like I'm someone who's from the future, um, where, like, we've, we figured this shit out. Like, we, we get that it's, one thing that I've brought up a lot recently is the both and, um, you know, we talk a lot about, about duality. We talk a lot about nature versus technology. It's really actually very simple. It's both and. So it's nature, it's technology, it's consciousness. It's, to me, um, the number three has always been really vital because two on its own, I've always thought about life and if you want to call it evolution as like a teeter-totter. But what is a teeter-totter without that middle piece underneath that is often depicted as a triangle? Right? Holy shit. I'm sorry. This is, this is really holy shit. This has been big for me like pretty much my entire life. And I didn't put the pieces together that like tri- the triangle often, what does it represent? Spirit, right? Or, or consciousness. Holy absolute shit. Okay, that was a moment. <laughs> but like, we, if we can start to embrace that it's, it's not either or, it's both and, and that in the future it's not the duality won't exist, but it will exist in relation to consciousness. So, you know, what is a teeter-totter without that triangle or that piece in the middle? Or however, like, I mean, obviously there are teeter-totters you've probably seen on playgrounds that are different. Um, because, like, just a... Okay, basically what I was saying is... Oh my god, I need to slow down. Whew. What is a teeter-totter without that middle piece? It's just a board on the ground. Right? So consciousness raises us up off the ground and allows for that movement and the balance. And it's going to tip back and forth, and back, and forth, and it's, and it's, it's good, it's good, and it's, it's, we don't want duality gone, gone, because part of duality is what allows us to continue to exist here, and continue to have experiences, which is what it's all about, um, and, you know, in the grand, greater scheme of things, at least I'm hoping that as we become a more peaceful society, we help to heal. Um, and if we're here to heal the planet, because it's part of the mother wound, and thus heal, um, like, source, so to speak, um, then great. But, yeah, I'm, I'm more about here and earth and, and human, humanity, like, yeah. I'm I'm very much about that. Um, okay, I'm just gonna whew, take a breath. That was crazy. The number three has always been big for me, and it's always been like the two points, either side of the teeter totter, and the triangle in the middle. Which obviously, on its own, is is. like mechanically 
if you were to just put a board on like a wedge on the floor I mean sure you could probably get it to balance to a certain point but you're not going to use it like a teeter-totter in a playground right um anyways whew wow that was something so both and both and has been big for me for a while um which is why I've stepped out of arguing um and why while for a hot minute there I was like should I be part of Arsenal am I part of Arsenal I mean I wasn't thinking of it that way because at the time I didn't have that language but you know, for a hot minute there, I was debating whether or not I should be part of that. Should I, should I be as angry as these people? Should I, at least I was angry as those people, but should I sustain it? Um, and it felt like no, because for me, it's, you know, neither side is right or wrong, but there's also more to it. So it's always both and it's not just applying to the future of, you know, nature and technology and consciousness but it's it's in everything um because to acknowledge both sides of something is both um understanding and um and seeing that it's a process that you know, the people who are involved in that, who are really in that heated discussion, it's clearly something they need to do at that time. And knowing that those people will eventually get to a place where either they'll, they'll recognize that they've, they've done what they needed to do there and they can move on or they recognize that they're projecting or whatever, right? And that's, and I'm not at all saying that the inequality we have seen and the inequality that is like on center stage right now that we are all, like, I want to say all because I think even those of us who aren't there in the streets, energetically, we are on the side of not oppressing. You know what I'm saying? Like, we are, we are not for oppressing we're not putting our energy into oppressing. So in a way we are participating and it's okay if you are someone who feels like that's bullshit and, and a cop out, that's fine. That's fine. Um, but those people who are, you know, fighting in the streets, um, where was I even going with that? The point is like, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to them and, um, you know, at some point, maybe, and hopefully, um, they will be able to move on to something else just for themselves. Um, it's, it's all important. I'm not saying those things are not important or not real and that people are, um, not right now suffering. Um, that's not what I'm saying. Um, Okay, let's take a bite of food. I'm going to have to heat my food up again. Um, also, just random. I think we all have trouble with diet. I, mean, I don't mean dieting to lose weight. Fuck all that noise. 
Um, but like being like, how do I know what, like I, I have recently been trying to really tap into what's actually good for me. Like, what does my being actually need so that I don't have digestion issues, so that hopefully I don't feel really tired all the time, stuff like that. And then today I was making a meal because I was hungry, and I like texture, so I like quinoa. And I was cutting up peppers for it, so I got yellow, red, and orange peppers, and I went, suddenly dawned on me, I was like, yeah, I'm going to eat all this color. I was like, Jesus, color, colors hold a certain frequency. And, okay, guys, my mind is blown. Like, just, even just saying it out loud, there's something to it, or it feels right at this moment, like there's something to that. So I'm going to, I'm going to stay observant of this and see how that goes. So I have like, um, and then I was like, oh yeah, color. I want color. Color feels good. Like when I think about it, it sounds, sounds right. I want, I want color. And so I went to grab onion. I always put onion in this. I like onion and pepper. And I was like, usually I would get a white onion, but I saw the, um, red onion or purple onion. I was like, purple, fuck yeah, I want purple in that. And so I got the purple onion instead. And I was like, wait a sec, what about green? Shouldn't there be green, lots and lots of green? And I was like, but that doesn't feel right in my body. Um, and then I, I had realized I had chopped up um, part of a pickled jalapeno to throw in as well. And I was like, well, there's some of my green sprinkled in. And that amount of green feels right for this dish, for this, I don't know, the balance I'm trying to achieve here. Um, and so, yeah, like, how interesting is that? Like, there's something to that. Because I don't want to, you know, like, what I just said about we're, we're creating something brand new. And so the way we approach nutrition, food, eating will be new as well. And when you go out and look, if you try to find guidance on eating from spiritual, you know, quote unquote, spiritual leaders, the majority of the ones that you would trust to get that information from don't have anything to say about it. And I was like, ooh, interesting. This is something we have to figure out on our own. This is something we have to figure out on our own because part of the problem has been we have relied so much on an outer source to tell us what to eat and how to eat. And obviously corporations... um, you know, the wellness industry benefits greatly from keeping us feeling like someone else knows better what we need. So I was like, it's, I bet you both 
more complicated. And I think more complicated only in that it's a new way of thinking, a completely new way of thinking about it, but also way more simple. Moving forward, I feel like it's going to be both those things. It's going to feel more complicated. It certainly has for me because I've been trying to like understand this for a while. It started with like just eating whatever I wanted. Like I was like, I'm, I just, I, I can't. There's so much static and I, I, I'm so disconnected from, you know, my intuition in terms of, of eating. Like uh, intuition is great for a lot of other things. But when it comes to eating, I cannot tap into my intuition. And I don't mean intuitive eating in like the fancy dieting sense you know if you look it up intuitive eating is a big trendy thing right it goes even beyond that it goes even beyond I wanted to really tap into it from a place where I've also incorporated my spirituality without dogma so I think that's why the good teachers I can't believe that Thank y'all for listening to me working out my shit. Because clearly this right now at the end here has become me just working out my shit. And trying to decode my own life. Um, that's what I've been trying to do. And I think that's why you don't see spiritual people who have huge audiences dishing out advice on how to eat and me explaining to you that what felt good for me right now was the idea of eating this color and then it you know it dawning on me that color has a vibration and that is part of it um is not me saying to you that that's how you should eat i i have no idea i have no idea if it's going to be the same for everybody and we're going to get to this place where it you know, it's about vibration and color. I don't know. Um, and I and I want to say I have chicken in this as well. So, and if and that does not like when I check in with myself, that doesn't feel wrong. And maybe it will eventually, but it still doesn't. It doesn't feel wrong at the moment. Um, however, I do find very rarely do I go out of my way to have beef or pork like I'll have it if other people are having it basically but anyways um yeah because I I you know that's one of the things we're trying to 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 move out of right is is this idea of like punishment or dogma right or wrong right like it's wrong to eat meat it's right to eat this way um you know would you eat what your intuition is telling you to eat if your spiritual, the person you go to the most for spiritual insight tells you that it's wrong to eat that way, then that's not, I would say probably that's not the direction we want to go in, right? Like we don't want to just become, you know, a spiritual society where we just have people through the lens of spirituality telling us what to do, just like in the old paradigm, right? Like, okay, this is, 
an hour 15 and oh oh and i okay yeah i got some quinoa on my lap yes this is <laughs> this is great um okay i'm really glad and honestly it's it's starting to get a little bit spooky i i seem to record my the when i record something that i end up feeling like yes this is perfect I want this to go out for to be a, a podcast versus like sometimes I record something and it's just me having to work out something on my own or it's something where I'm in a flaily kind of state like I I was heated and I recorded something about um you know racism and stuff like that which is again perfectly valid but that's not my role so it just it felt like there was way too much unprocessed just blah I'm angry that I just spat out onto it and I just like eh, I don't want to perpetuate that and it's 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 not to say that those things aren't important but I don't feel like I don't feel like certain people would understand that um so I didn't want to I didn't I also didn't want to record something that was really vehemently against that either. So I didn't want to be like, oh, these people, they're putting their energy in the wrong spot. Because I, th- I feel like it's all perfect. It's all the way it should be. Um, so, okay. I'm rambling now. This was great. And the whole point of me saying that it's crazy is that I almost always record the best ones at about 3 or 3.30. What is that about? Like, I'll get the urge, I'll feel like it's time to record, I need to say something. And I never, and even then, I won't necessarily know whether it's going to be something I want to put out or not, but I'll just be like, it's time to talk to myself. So I'll jump on here, and it's almost always at 3.30, and it's almost always on a day where I've made myself something like this dish. Um, usually I wake up late, um, I'm a night owl, so to speak. Um, except for when I'm not, (laughs) uh, yeah, I very much let myself change with, I don't know, the energy or whatever, but, uh, typically I wake up around anywhere from, like, 10 to noon, sometimes 1, and I'm usually not hungry right away, so sometimes I'm not eating my first meal of the day until 2, 2 so that's that's usually when these podcasts happen is when I've had make a meal around two o'clock, um, two thirty, I eat or I eat like I have now, or I start making food rather around two o'clock. Um and then I will eat a little bit and then I'll be like, I feel like I need to say something. And I was in the middle of listening to the Noah's latest podcast, which Okay. You know what? I love Noah. Sometimes I I, I kind of like fall out of love with Noah and then and then he 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 reels me back in. He's great. I was also listening earlier today to Jess's uh Jessa Reed's uh Patreon, last Patreon uh yeah, um podcast with uh Lacey and um Jordan. Um or, uh, what did he say? Oh, crap.
black god basically but it's it's a much cooler word net okay now i gotta look this up because i i don't want to fuck this up that's bad i don't know how i i forgot it um ah, black netter black netter oh so cool i'm sorry but like can you think please tell me have you heard a cooler name I mean, Netter means God in Egyptian, ancient Egyptian or something. Fuck yeah. That's dope. That is so cool. Anyways, and Lacey is just amazing. Um, And Jessa, of course. So anyways, um, these things, these things. What was I saying about Noah? Noah mentioned distractions as well in terms of the arguments uh, over the next few months. And I was like, holy shit, there it is. You know, I'm not the only one that kind of felt that vibe. Um... And it's hard to say if I feel that because I would be typically prone to that or or if it's just something I need to say on here and others can consider it moving forward or, or what. Um, or just me, the action of me saying it out loud is, is, you know, sending that message out to, you know, the collective and and they'll hopefully maybe catch themselves before they get too deep into that and it, you know, drains them of their energy and stuff. And that's really all I'm, t- I'm saying. Like, it's, I don't feel like it's, you know, th- there's going to be, like, monsters that come out of the woods and, <laughs> um, you know, the Halloween comes early uh, message. It, it's just... And there, there might also be a supernatural element to that, but I don't want to talk too much to that because... In, well, partially because it scares the shit out of me if I think too much about it. And I I don't know that that's a very balanced approach to thinking about it. So, anyways, it's already, like, been way too long. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm just going to take a moment to make sure I said everything I need to. Um, I Okay, I'm I shouted out the the those who should be credited, I hope, and exposed all of my issues. <laughs> um told some personal stories, uh got emotional, yeah, like we're hitting all. Okay. Um I often want to end my podcast my podcast with this because on the subject of joy, it kind of ties into this. The one thing I've started to ask people um, is, you know, if, if there's anything, if they want to do something for me, if they could just, especially if they have a hard time being positive about where everything is going, if they could just spend even just five minutes, if they have to write it down, write it down, if you can just think it, think it, just imagine from a.m. to p.m. or whenever, what would the, if the world could be just exactly the way you want it to be, like what typically we would think of as completely unrealistic, just if you can spend some time, just imagine what would the day in the life of you 
What would a typical day in the life of you look like? What would that feel like? When does it start? How much sleep did you have the night before? Who's in it, if anyone? Do you see people every day? Is there work that you're doing? If, it, if there is, what, what kind of work is that? What, is, it, is it work with your hands? Is that what makes you feel really satisfied and really good? Is it, you know, healing work? Whatever. whatever. Is it working with plants? Do you, do you just want to spend your day nurturing plant life? Okay? And how many hours, too? And, and don't overthink it. Don't think like, oh, well, you know, I, it needs to be eight hours because I need a full-time paycheck in order to pay. Remember, this is the ideal world. In your ideal world, do you have to pay rent? Or if you do have to pay rent, do you want to have to worry about that at all despite the number of hours you work? Probably not. So try not to worry about that. unrealistically as ridiculous as you want to get as just do it as ridiculous as you can even if at the end you're like this is stupid there's no freaking way that's fine just spend some time picturing it what does one day look like a typical day in the ideal world what does it look like for you do you take a hovercraft to see your friends which that's pretty fucking cool, right? Do you t- or do you just imagine where your friends are and you're there? Like, you know, is your diet candy and that's all you need? And your, your body is always the way you want it to be. Do you age? Do you not? Do you have kids? Do you not? Do you have a partner or do you have... Do you live in a communal space and you're almost like a big family and, you know, you love all of them and, and, you know, you have a sexual relationship with some of them, but you don't have one specific partner? Like, does that feel right to you or does, you know, do you want the home with just one partner? Like, what is it? Like, do you want to live alone? All of these things. Just take some time to do that. That's, that's what I would like you to do if you do anything um, for me. And yeah, just, just, just think about it. Just, it's just for fun. You, you know, it, it doesn't need to be serious. And you don't need to believe it's at all possible. It really doesn't matter. Um, because just considering it is what will get the ball rolling. So I'm going to leave that for now. What a long podcast for one person talking to themselves. Kind of makes you wonder if maybe I'm I'm not uh, wrong about my concern about being a a narcissist, right? (laughs) And there we go again. Didn't I say that I still have moments? Um, And then I used the bird thing, but like it it translates to people too. Obviously, I care about people. Um, So yeah. I think that's it. I, I feel like I can keep talking. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Um, and it's it's really fun. And I think, yeah, the main takeaways are 
watch out for distractions. Try not to put your energy into it if it doesn't feel right to do so. And consider some of the things that at the moment you think is kind of frivolous and silly. And ask yourself if maybe it's actually awesome and perfect just the way it is. And is there anything maybe that you don't engage in right now that you used to and used to love and you know when you think about it you realize I would still really like that but part of me thinks that that's not you know that's silly to do right now because we're you know we're in a spiritual awakening process and it's it's very serious well maybe we need to uh pepper in some frivolous fun okay um, so that, the imagination, uh, uh, day in the life, um, exercise or whatever you want to call it, uh, Instagram, ooh, actually, you know what, I'm gonna think on that, I have an Instagram, like, my personal Instagram, and a handle that I've used for a while, but it's, like, a name that I developed with my ex, and it's roots or... Anyways, I'm not sure about that, um, so I might, I might make a new one, but, in ter- but like, to make a new one that has a handle that's the name of this podcast, Wisdom and Woo, that's a little, I don't know, it feels a little long, maybe it's not. I might make a new Instagram that's that, and if I do, I will let you know on the next one, you know, the two people who are listening to this, <laughs> um, Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I think I need to, (laughs) I think I need to wrap this up. I don't know. Maybe it's at an hour 29. Maybe I just need to talk until, or needed to talk until the one minute 30 point. Um, one minute 30. Wow. See time, right? Is time not crazy? One hour, 30 minute mark. (laughs) Okay. Um, if you know what, if I need to say more, I will record another podcast soon. Um, Other than that, I will catch you on the next one.